You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Friday, January 12th. It is snowing outside in Kansas City as everybody prepares for what's expected to be one of the coldest games in NFL history. So, me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Uh, Sweeney. I thankfully uh, will be at home watching it in the warmth uh, of my own home. How many layers are you going to wear for the the trot to the press box from the Arrowhead Stadium parking lot tomorrow night? Yeah, I was just talking about my strategy here. Uh, typically, I, I don't have a ton of pregame duties like some of my, my colleagues, and so I'll usually try to get there around two hours before, and I, I don't care about walking, so I'll park in front of like the Royals stadium the k and just make the long walk but I think i'm gonna add some hours uh, and try to get a spot closer to the stadium i think i'm adjusting my strategy to maybe show up like four to six hours before the game uh and try to get as close as possible just to to lessen the walk and i'm gonna try to put on uh, a layer underneath whatever i'm wearing you know that that they call them long johns or whatever and just try to manage. I mean, I I'm fortunate. All I got to do is is trot into the stadium, and then we're in the the press box, which is warm. If you're going to be out there, you know, from what I've been seeing on the news, you're talking about frostbite if your skin is exposed for too long. So I would layer up more than that. I would probably put like three or four layers on. Uh, and I, you know, I've, as you've always heard from uh, Chiefs fans who have been doing this for years and years, and have um, had to endure these conditions in, in big time games like this, like you can always take the layer off, but you, you can't just magically find another layer if you're, you're cold. So uh, I would take that approach. It is going to be dangerous temperatures. Uh, Steve, I was looking at it this morning and the only game that I could think of 
um, that reminded me of this was Giants Packers back in 08. And from what I could read, the wind chill for that game, if you remember, that was when Tom Coughlin's face turned red. The wind chill for that game was uh, minus 24. And I've seen some projections that this could be minus 27. So it actually may be colder than that game. So that's what we're dealing with as we get ready for Chiefs and Dolphins this weekend. Yeah, it's it's rough outside right now, and it's only going to be colder by tomorrow night. So, yeah, I, I have a I have another take about this. And I, I was I was going to I'm going to make a really bad dad joke here. Uh, I would call it a hot take, but it's really a cold take. <laughs> like, I think that it's so cold that is there really any advantage for the Chiefs? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think maybe they'd be used to be, be able to play in like 15 to 20 uh, degree weather. But this is so extreme that I think it's just going to affect the the game as a whole. Like certainly, if you live in KC and you have to deal with these uh, conditions on a on a week by week basis, um, you know maybe you're going to be a little bit more prepared. But I don't think anyone is really prepared. Anybody, even in Kansas City, we're not prepared for minus four with a minus twenty added wind chill on it. So I don't. I know that weather has been a big conversation about like what the result of the game might be, but I just think it's going to be ridiculous for both sides uh, at this stage. It's just, I don't know. It's gotten to that point of an extreme for me. Yeah. We talked about it on the latest edition of show and BK, which is available for you now on the Arrowhead pride podcast network, just previewing the game. And yeah. that was kind of Ron's point. Like yeah. this is so cold. I don't like, he was like, if it's a normal 17 degree game right. something exactly. in January, I think it's an advantage for the chiefs. He was like, but this is so cold. I think it hurts both teams. I think it's just going to be a, a, a rough looking football game because it's so cold. And I, I tend to agree with him. I, I think it's going to be hard to throw the football in this game because it's simply just going to be hard to grip it and, and rip it, like so to say. And that, so you would think so in that game that I was just talking about, Steve, Eli had about 250 yards passing. I don't have the numbers in front of me anymore, but Eli had about 250 yards passing and Brett Favre had about 240 um yeah. which is down for those guys right like yeah. you know what you know that but but still i mean that's that's enough to think that teams are going to be trying to pass and then i also think like early on in the game everyone's just going to assume that you know it's going to be the pacheco and achan or mostert show and it may open things up to like play action down the field for a tyreek or a rice or something like that so i don't know it, it, it will play into the strategy i'm at as long as I can get into the press box and one one warm piece, I'm I'm very excited to see how this plays out. Yeah, I think we should expect a lot of the ground game on Saturday yeah. night. And I think if Patrick Mahomes throws for like 200 yards, a couple scores, no interceptions, I think you're very happy with that playoff performance, especially with the Chiefs turnover problems yeah. this season. So uh, just stay warm. Um stock up on hand warmers i've gone to chiefs games before where i legitimately just taped hand warmers all over my body uh i don't know if that's safe so i i don't necessarily recommend that you do that but do whatever you have to the chiefs are allowing you to bring in cardboard so you can stand on cardboard in the stadium do that maximize everything you can possibly do to stay warm because pete this is also the cheapest chiefs playoff ticket you're ever gonna get so if you really want to tough the elements and go you're never going to be able to go to a cheaper Chiefs football regular season or postseason game uh, than this one right now. And that that is worrying me a little bit. Like, I don't think yeah. the Arrowhead Stadium is going to be empty or anything like that. Right, but right, right. The amount of people trying to offload tickets this week and the dramatic decline in pricing on resale markets and all of that, like, 
does have me concerned about the attendance of this football game in general because it is just unprecedented. Like Chiefs fans have been to a lot of really cold football games, and this is so cold that even they are drawing the line and saying, I can't do it. Well, I know there's a lot of people that are just choosing not to tailgate, which is, again, a a um, product of just extreme weather. I don't think you blame anyone for that. Uh, and it's tough. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, uh, a Chiefs fan decided to sell their tickets because it's going to be too cold. The conditions are so bad that like you're you're risking your well-being a little bit by like being out at this game. I I think there are ways to to curb that though, right? You may you find ways to to cover your skin, you get scarves, I know there's face coverings, things like that. Uh you don't want to lose that home field advantage. Uh but I think you're right. The signs on the the secondary markets are are showing that there's going to be a even some of these diehard fans that are refusing to to go to this game i don't blame anybody i also think it's opening uh, things up for diehard um dolphins fans the dolphins like the cowboys are like one of these teams that are everywhere we've talked about it this week but if you're a dolphins fan and you happen to be around the area or you know you're in florida and you're saying i don't care about the cold the tickets are 50 bucks like let's just get to kansas city and layer up and see what happens i mean i i wonder what the split is usually in playoff games you do have a contingency of fans that make the trip um i am interested in seeing how it impacts the crowd noise as well like one of the big things about arrowhead not to say that it's always led to victory but one of the big things about arrowhead of course is the the noise and having to um work with the silent snap count and the delay games and and so on and i i don't know if that'll be there and i think that's a shame because uh as we've also talked about this week steve uh if we go by the betting markets of who the favorites are Pretty good chance this is the last game of at Arrowhead Stadium for the season, win or lose. And so it's a shame that, you know, it's just so impacted by the weather just from an entertainment standpoint. Yeah, it, it's rough. And, you know, hopefully Chris Jones mentioned that this week, that this could be his last game at Arrowhead Stadium. So hopefully we get a big performance from the Kansas City Chiefs, even in uh, yeah. just absolutely brutal environments. But I want to remind you guys, if you're watching us on a live stream, make sure you get in the comment section. We'll answer any questions uh, that you have ahead of this game uh, about the Chiefs, about the Dolphins, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, just slide into the comment section. We'll try to get to those before we if get out of here today. If you're, on, if you're watching on X, I think there's a bunch of you now, you can reply to the uh, just the tweet that you're watching yeah. right now. So if you have a question, we'll try to answer that at the end. Um, uh, another popular topic of conversation, and it makes sense, I suppose, where this week's been pretty crazy across the NFL. Um, it, we're gearing up for what's going to be one of the, I think, crazier just head coaching searches that we've seen across the league in a long time where, you know, uh, a third of the league right now is looking for a new head coach. And it was announced this morning that the Patriots are moving forward with uh, Gerard Mayo as their next head coach, replacing Bill Belichick, who steps down. So Belichick enters the free agent coaching market. The Patriots already have their new guy in place, and that was kind of already their succession plan. Andy Reid, of course, every year, because it's floated out every year, well, Andy Reid's in his 60s. Maybe he feels like retiring and hanging it up soon. And... Every year, Andy Reid is like, no, nah, I haven't even considered that. Like, I'm, I'm focusing on winning football games and trying to get to another Super Bowl. So Andy Reid confirmed this week that he has no plans uh, of retiring, uh, at least as of right now, barring the what happens in, in the Chiefs postseason run. Travis Kelsey, you know, had talked about retirement earlier this season and just kind of where he's at in his career and starting to reflect and think about things like that. But he also confirmed on Thursday uh, uh, 
after the Chiefs final practice that he still wants to play football. He has no plans of retiring anytime mm-hmm. soon. So I think if Chiefs fans were worried in an NFL offseason that's already seen some of the biggest changes that we've lived through in our NFL fandom lives, I think Chiefs fans should be happy that Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey expect to be back for at least one more season for the Kansas City Chiefs. I always find the stuff about Andy Reid crazy. Like all that people can talk about right now is Bill Belichick's next job. I understand, and Andy would joke about this, but he's a big man, right? But just because he's a big man doesn't mean you just forego the six years of youth that he has to him. Um, Belichick is six years older than him. And, you know, people are talking about, well, where's Bill going to go? People have mentioned Atlanta and Washington. Uh, Andy Reid is under contract. We know this till 2025. I think if you wanted to, talk to me after the 2025 season before he would sign a new deal and who knows if it would even come before that uh and say well andy's you know andy a man of principle has served his whole contract maybe at that point he'll reflect i think that's the next time we should talk about this i mean steve i know that we're going to talk about it next year because it never goes away um but i could see him being like well i served my contract let me reflect here is it time i still think he's going to say no uh, so long as he is in good health Andy Reid, and and, uh, if you've followed me for a while, you've heard me say this before. Andy Reid had some great quarterbacks to work with. Donovan McNabb, Alex Smith, Michael Vick, so on and so forth. Andy Reid, if he could go on Madden and design a player to be his quarterback, it would be Patrick Mahomes. He has been waiting 20 years to work with a quarterback like this. And it led him to uh, finally getting over the hump and getting a Super Bowl. was able to add another one. As long as he's healthy, he, he's not going anywhere. And he's in the realm of that top five. Everyone's talking about, right, like Bill and his chase for history. I think he's 16, you know, 15 wins away, whatever it is. Of course, he's going to coach again. Like Andy's in that neighborhood as well. And I think for him to be considered among the best coaches of all time, he wants to rack up as many wins as possible. He would never say it at the podium, but I think it does matter to him, that legacy thing. And so uh, long story short, Steve, uh, sometimes you just have to hit the X button on Pro Football Talk articles. Uh, other times they're good. Other times they're good. Uh, other times they're a little ridiculous. And I think that uh, that this story in particular is uh, amongst the latter. And then with Kelsey, I was surprised to hear him say what he did. I think for the first time this year in the Wall Street Journal, he mentioned that he thinks about retirement all the time. You can understand it's been it's been a season of up and ups and downs. He missed week one. Didn't have the the big time production later on in the season that maybe we're used to from Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs needed to identify a secondary weapon. It took him a while to do that. Meanwhile, some of his numbers suffered by his like lofty standards. Um, but he seems uh, rearing to go. Didn't care about the single season uh, record, but he you know he mentioned he's not going anywhere for a long time. Um, that suddenly makes me think back to how I used to feel, where maybe he does want to go three or four more years. And maybe if he, you know, after those three or four years, should his body be holding up? If he's in that neighborhood of Tony, who knows? Like maybe he would be tight end two and rack up three and 400 yard seasons to finally get that record. And regardless of if it came at the end, like we celebrated Frank Gore, right? Like he, the yardage would be the yardage. I mean, even if he gets it as like a 39 year old and it's a 300 yard season, you know, I I think maybe that is uh, in the cards again. So uh, said, said goodbye to the single season record. He's always going to put the team over himself, but I, I do believe, and I don't think he would say it, that he thinks the Tony G career yardage record is possible. Um, And it could, and we might just be looking at a down year for for Kelsey. If you really dig into Tony's mid to thir- late thirties, he was still putting up really productive 
uh, seasons. And I think the Chiefs are going to load up this offseason, and that could open things up for Kelsey to put together like another 1,200-yard season. Then you're then you're really talking about it. So um, two guys that are, are not going anywhere, and I think Chiefs fans are really happy uh, about that on this Friday morning. Yeah, I think even if you want to make the argument that Travis Kelsey has slowed down this season, which I think that's totally valid, like he's still one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And I think as you're seeing this season, like, yeah, maybe he just doesn't have the the explosiveness that he quite had uh, a little bit earlier in his career, but he's slow down. Yeah, his slow down, though, Steve, this is what I think is getting lost. Like his slow down is like maybe a little bit less apt to be being able to beat double and triple coverage. Uh, yeah. If the Chiefs load up on offense, like, and he is getting single looks again, it changes everything. So, I, you know, I, I think next year is going to look a lot different, and and that'll make him, I think, want to play for even longer. So, and I, I've been talking about it for weeks now. Like, we talk about the way that Rasheed Rice ended the season and how great he looked down the stretch for the Chiefs and how important he was for them offensively. Like, it's like, yeah, what does this look like when? defenses instead of I think the whole back half of the season you could say every defense was just keying in on Travis Kelsey and saying shut him down you can shut down the Chiefs offense and then we see the Rasheed Rice ascension and part of that is because all of the defensive attention is towards Travis Kelsey which is why we see the decline in numbers over the back half of the season and you know he's 34 years old but once defenses start keying in on Rasheed Rice, is that going to make things easier for Travis Kelsey? And I think you make a great point as they move forward. And we know that there's going to be a, a, a total rebuild in the wide receiver room this upcoming offseason where Rasheed Rice is the only guy that I think should feel safe going into next season, really, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it, it's as they add more weapons, as they add more youth to that room and hopefully more playmaking and reliability – I do think that things could get easier for Travis Kelsey. I still think that Travis Kelsey's got another thousand yard season in him, at least like maybe mm-hmm. he's just not this number one uh, legitimate NFL superstar pass catcher anymore where, you know, you can rely on him to go out and get, you know, 13, 1400 yards, double digit touchdowns. But I think he right. could still easily be a thousand yard pass catcher in the NFL. I think he could still easily get like seven, eight touchdowns. Like I think he's still got a couple more years of that kind of play in him. And then maybe it's what you're talking about, Pete, where it's like he's got a couple of years where it's like 500 yards or something like that, where he's clearly slowed down, but he can still make the big plays and the big moments when you need him to on a snap count and things like that. Like, I think he's still got several years of good football left in him for the Chiefs. Yeah. And ideally here, um, you know, if he wants to continue to play and as you go, uh, you can you can draft your offensive tight end of the future and let him have a couple years with Kelsey to sort of learn the small tricks of the trade, the things that he does. Um, you know, something that comes to mind that you all know what I'm talking about is at the top of his route when he catches the ball looking towards the line of scrimmage, the fake, the, you know, that that, you know, the little things. I, I think it would be good for him to mentor somebody like that. Not to say that, you know, Noah Gray is just going to magically disappear or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, one of those Brock Bowers, Kyle Pitts types um, would be a blessing. I mean, they're few and far between, but getting something like that in in house to learn with Kelsey would be great. Um, before uh, he goes on his merry way, because you know, this is the crazy thing. You know, we're so used to Mahomes and Kelsey and and this uh, iteration of the Chiefs. Mahomes is going to play a lot of years with somebody else, right? Where somebody else is going to be the top target. And so, uh, as you go here in the next 
whatever it is, two, three, four years of Kelsey, I think getting that plan into place would be ideal. Um, a lot easier said than done, but uh, look for the Chiefs to, to to maybe start to think about those things. I want to get to a couple of comments before we get into the injury report uh, from Maverick. The run game may be what makes or breaks this game on either side. Um, I totally agree. I, I think I, and I talked about it on show and BK. Again, I encourage you to go check out our uh, game preview podcast. It's available for you now on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Um, I, I think Devon Achan is is someone that really scares me in this game because he was not available when the Chiefs played the Dolphins in Germany. And we've seen just what an incredibly explosive player he can be. And in these severe cold temperatures, I have to expect that we see both teams try to lean into the run game, at least early on. And I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to be massive in this game. And Raheem Moster, I, I don't know how healthy he is right now. He's fighting through injuries, missed the last couple of games. Like HN is the most explosive player outside of Tyreek Hill on the football field on Saturday night. And if the Dolphins find success, and that's been a kind of an Achilles heel of the Chiefs defense this season is the run game and how Achan's going to match up with a player like Nick Bolton or something in those linebackers. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is a concern for me, but I think both teams need to try to lean into it early, uh, especially in these cold temperatures at Arrowhead Stadium. Dolphins have some, some weapons. And uh, I think really lost in the season was just how good Achan was. I mean, he was injured for a lot of games and. Uh, if you know there was one weakness that you point to with the defense, it has been the, the run game and that tandem, HN and, and Moster. You talk about a one two punch, could be the best, quietly the best one two punch in, in the NFL. So, you got to establish that you're going to stop that early, you got to set the edge, got to make sure that they don't gash you. Uh, they have basically Steve, uh, four players like Tyreek. Remember, like Tyreek Hill, uh, here, if you are a Chiefs fan, you know, you know what he was able to do. If you gave Tyreek you know, two or three yards of a window there, he's gone. And the Dolphins have four of those guys. It's Hill, it's the two backs, Achan and Mostert. Mostert's questionable. And then Waddle, who's also questionable. And if they get everyone back, and if, you know, when you have questionable in the playoffs, to me, it's different than questionable in the regular season because you're always weighing, like, when when are we going to need this player? There's no tomorrow if you don't win. So I expect these guys to go. And so that it's just, you're playing a track team. You're, you're basically the Chiefs yeah. playing the, you're the NWO playing the NWO Wolfpack. I mean, this is the, what you used to be. And, you know, there's people that are on that side that are kind of running that type of, of game. And uh, you got to figure out a way to, to do it. From Luke, I believe this team needed to lean into the defense versus expecting Mahomes to do his thing and win every game. Do you think this weather forces us to find and start uh, to believe that we are a defensive team and just need to be opportunistic on offense. I, I think we saw them make that turn and make that commitment against the Cincinnati Bengals in week 17. Um, it's frustrating that it took that long, Pete, because I feel like we were talking about that for weeks. Like, right. this is this is a team that can win with defense, and they've got a, a dynamic young running back, and uh, Pacheco was banged up down the stretch, so I think that kind of right. halted things a little bit too, but... I think the game plan against the Cincinnati Bengals and as frustrating as it can be for me at times when Andy Reid gets too conservative and settles for field goals on, you know, fourth and short in the red zone when I'm like, you have Patrick Mahomes, go for it, get a touchdown. I, I think the Chiefs do need to lean into that. I think the Chiefs need to yeah. be a, hey, points don't come easy for us anymore. So take the points when we can get them and rely on the defense to go out there and make plays and shut down the opposing offense. And I think, 
it actually works to the Chiefs' favor that I think they got that big win against the Bengals in Week 17, got to take Week 18 off and kind of and kind of back off of that and rest all of their starters. So now they head in the playoffs with okay, we only gave them a small sample size of how we want to play in the postseason because that's our recipe for success this year. So I think we've already gotten a glimpse of them leaning into that, and I'm hoping that's what we see in the playoffs because I think that is the recipe for the Chiefs to win this year. Where did that question come from, Steve? That was from Luke on X. X. All right, so I'm going to reply to the, the I'm going to reply to our our tweet here, whatever you call it nowadays, with this article that I wrote. Uh, the Chiefs have already embraced that. Mahomes said something uh, that jumped out to I think a lot of us in the media room this week, and I'll, I'll read it to you. Uh, I'm extremely confident not only in our offense but also in our football team. You see how the defense is playing offensively. I feel like we're going to play our best football at the right time. I think if we can just score. We don't, this is the key, we don't even have to score too many points. If we can just score enough points, our defense will shut the door and we can find a way to get the win. And then there's other quotes from coordinators and whatnot in the article. But I think what what he's saying there is, like, we used to be this one thing. And maybe we were trying to be that all year and it was frustrating. Uh, but now we're this other team where, like, maybe in years past on the uh, opposing 45 fourth and three maybe you definitely go for it because Mahomes and the Chiefs offense is that good but I think in that type of situation now the Chiefs are more comfortable punting it because um, Tommy and his beautiful hair will put it within the 10 and if the opposing team has to go uh, 90 yards to score a touchdown then that's fine because they're not gonna you know they're 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 the like the likelihood of them doing it is they're not going to be able to do that and so they're embracing a new identity, and I think they finally found it as a team before the playoffs. Uh, the tough part is you couldn't really gain any steam because they opted to rest guys, which I agree with. It's just a product of the situation. Um, but you can gain steam from a playoff game, and if you win that way against a tough Dolphins team, a tough Dolphins offense, I think you carry that into the next game, and who knows what can happen in the postseason. But anyway, I will reply to that post with the, the article I'm talking about for our, our friend here. And again, if you guys are watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, leave some comments, ask some questions. We'll try to get to a few more of those before we get out of here today. And, you know, turning to the injury report, Pete, we've been talking about it all week long. Um, obviously, Wanya Morris already been ruled out with a concussion, but Donovan Smith is expected to be available. Uh, step back into his, his starting tackle position. Juwan Taylor was a full participant. Uh, so that's good for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kadarius Tony listed as questionable. Justin Ross listed as questionable. I kind of at this point would be shocked if either one of them played, but I, I don't think either one of them is going to have a, a large role in the postseason for the Chiefs anyway. So I, I tend to think they're probably not going to be available for this game. But the the bigger thing is that the Chiefs at least have one of their starting offensive linemen back in Donovan Smith and hopefully he, he's healthy enough to go out there and, and be competitive for the Chiefs because we know about his struggles this season. Overall, though, I think compared to where the Dolphins are at injury-wise, the Chiefs are by far the healthiest team coming into this one, and they're exactly where you want them to be as a Chiefs fan. Yeah, I hate to say this about you know players that are trying to work their way back into the mix, but it like really doesn't matter uh, about the questionable players uh, for the Chiefs. They're not going to be heavily in the game plan. You know, Maybe you draw something up for Kadarius. Um, that is an orchestrated touch if he's available. But what are we looking at? I mean, we're looking at ten less than 10 plays for both of these guys if they are able to play. Uh, if they can get healthier, maybe they're in next week's game plan should you survive. But I, I'm with you. Donovan Smith, 
uh, is rested. <laughs> I think that's a positive, right? Uh, the, him and Morris have kind of played at a similar level. You're very fortunate that one of these guys was healthy for this game. I, I think Donovan Smith will be ready for the postseason, as we know, uh, in Kansas City back in 2020. He has played on a Super Bowl team before. Uh, him and him and uh, Justin Watson try not to talk about that too much in the locker room, but. Uh, he has that championship experience, and uh, I think you bring that to the table and see what happens. The the big thing is you don't have to uh, move Jawan Taylor over to the left side and mess with Lucas Niang suddenly having his first start of the season, being in the playoffs, that type of thing. Uh, the Chiefs have that depth. We know about what can happen when you don't have the offensive line depth and you're on, on your last leg, and so uh, good for Donovan Smith to step in. I would anticipate that if the Chiefs were to win this game, uh, this is Smith's job uh, for the duration of the postseason. Uh, even if Morris is able to come back, I bet you uh, the Chiefs are, are comfortable with the amount of experience that he got. They have some tape to look at for the offseason. Could this be the guy? But they will lean into the veteran. Uh, Andy Reid has tend to play the tended to play the hot hands when it comes to the offensive line in, in postseason past. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, barring any kind of setback on that neck stinger that he's been dealing yeah. with. Um, you know, obviously a concussion. You expect Wanya Morris to be available if the Chiefs can find a way to get a win on Saturday night and advance the next round of the playoffs. But uh, I tend to think the Chiefs would lean towards the veteran there as well. And we've seen the up and down play of Wanya Morris. Um, on the Dolphins side, uh, you know, we've highlighted all of their season ending defensive injuries this week. And Obviously, that that defense looks very different than when the Chiefs played them in Germany. And, you know, Justin Houston's going to be up and probably play a lot more than you realize on Saturday night. Melvin Ingram is probably going to be a, a big part of their rotation there on the defensive side of the ball. But as far as other players that are questionable headed in this one, Davian Howard's already been ruled out. Safety Deshaun Elliott is questionable. Javon Holland is questionable. Raheem Moster and Jalen Waddle are both listed as questionable now. I think Moster and Waddle are, are likely to play in this game. It, it was reported earlier in the week that they thought both those guys could have played in week 18, but they decided, you know, we're, we're in the playoffs. We need to make sure that these guys are healthy and they decided to give them an extra week of rest. So even though they're both listed as questionable, I'd expect both those guys to probably be up. Maybe they're on snap counts. We'll see. And then the main one, I, I think the biggest one for the Miami Dolphins is safety Javon Holland, who, is one of the most important members of their secondary and who really is a really important part of that Vic Fangio led defense. And we already highlighted, uh, I think BK said last night on show and BK that there's six, uh, six key defenders who played in the game in Germany, who will not be available for the dolphins in this one. So yeah. if Javon Holland's out, that that's another huge loss for the Miami dolphins. And it's definitely something you should keep an eye on ahead of game time. Yeah, Holland did express optimism earlier in the week, and we did just come off a game two weeks ago where Largerius Sneed didn't practice at all, and he played in the game. So, I, you know, this is the playoffs, right? So any kind of like even if a player is like 65, 70 percent, I think they're going to want to go uh, in this game. So I I fully expect him to to find a way to play uh, in this game. A lot of these limited players for the Dolphins that are key players uh, were able to log full practices on Friday. So. Uh, on offense, they seem to be getting their players back. But, yeah, a lot of holes defensively. It's just can the Chiefs take advantage of that? Uh, you know that Andy Reid's going to have a good game plan. Uh, I think for me, kind of going back to that first question that we got, Steve, you got to be looking at the range of 15 to 25 carries for Isaiah Pacheco. I think that that is a key to this game. Also, uh, holding on to the football, no uh, 
or minimal. Jawan Taylor, false starts, uh, minimal false starts altogether. Good snaps, less mistakes, you know, that whole thing. Uh, and I, I think home field advantage and just injuries. And even if you want to say a little bit of the cold, uh, I think Kansas City is, is the better team. But there is a scenario here where uh, the self-inflicted wounds that they talked about for 17 weeks show up and uh, the Dolphins have an edge there. So it's all about Kansas City, I think, playing a clean game. And uh, the final po- point I'll say is, like, you got to minimize explosive plays. One of those guys we mentioned, Waddle, Hill, HN, uh, Mostert, is going to have, like, a 40-yard gain at some point at least, yeah. right? It's minimizing those. So, like, let's let's make sure that that is a, a, a outlier instead of something that's frequently happening. And I feel like the, the Chiefs have enough to, to pull out this victory. And then you worry about potentially having to go to central new york uh wing country and, and finding a way to win but you got to get through saturday first and I, I think you can settle for the 40 yard gains as long as it's not a 70 yard touchdown like that that's exactly, how right. you really right. lose the miami dolphins so yep. uh before we got out get out of here we got uh, a couple more comments we're going to get to but i do want to mention uh chief's assistant general manager mike borgonzi is expected to interview with the patriots as they are expanding their general manager search now that they've got a new head coach in place. And Bill Belichick was the general manager for a long time. So that's the first time in a long time, the new England Patriots are actually like looking for a legitimate figurehead as that, their general manager. And Mike Borgonzi uh, appears to be in the running there. Outside looking in, I, I, my take on that situation is Bill still wants to run the whole show. And uh, Mr. Kraft went up to him and kind of said, we're going to separate the powers and would you want to coach and just be a coach kind of like Andy Reid did when he came to Kansas city after Philly. And I'm sure Bill said, no, I'm sure Bill wants to run the whole operation. Um, still, this is an old school type of guy, uh, you know, kind of um, w- this is how it used to be back in the day where the head coach was everything. And so I think Bill wants that type of situation. We'll see which team gives him that uh, Patriots are, are going with a more modern approach now. And uh, that is something that Borgonzi is really used to. Uh, this is also for me, uh, you know, Borgonzi, the assistant GM of the Chiefs, this is probably a dream job alert, dream job, dream job, dream job. He's from Massachusetts. Uh, I'm sure that's where a lot of his family is. And so we'll see if there's a fit there. Uh, certainly a great pedigree coming under the growing Veach tree. Now, this would be a second GM. There's already one in Chicago if uh, Borgonzi is able to land a job. But I, I can imagine this is a very, very enticing job for the assistant GM of the Chiefs. Uh, from Tyler on Facebook, do you believe all the Dolphins' big name players will play? Yeah, I, yes. I think. I, <laughs> most, I think well, most of them. I, I uh, think Javon Xavier, Holland is the is the biggest one to watch. Howard uh, Howard's but, already was already ruled out. I mean that that to me is the biggest one. Uh, but he was ruled out earlier in the week. So if you're talking about the guys that are like thinking they might play, the questionable guys, I think most of them suit up it's uh, i think mostert and waddle both play but i i think it's perfectly reasonable to assume that neither one of them is a hundred percent right now yeah, so that's right but i i do think that they will both play um from jonathan on x there's no chance they bring frank clark back is there would love to see it even just for morale i this is just wishful thinking from chris jones they're not bringing well, frank if clark we're, back. If we're a conversation but i don't if i, I think that's leaves for he was available earlier in the year if Borgonzi leaves for New England and they promote Chris Jones to the assistant GM, I think anything is possible. But I, I'm not I'm not sure Chris wants to do anything in the front office and be, be around those guys. So uh, the answer is no. Uh, they have brought players back in the past uh, on the practice squad. Uh, I think you saw um, and I, I find this a lot in the NFL, like the actions speak louder than words. 
you saw him go to Seattle. I think everyone was kind of amped up for that because that's, you know, that was his original team. And what happened there? Like the league is unfortunately, Frank Clark, great player, but the league's unfortunately saying like, you know, the time's up, which it happens to everybody. It's just happened in a bill in, in New England. It's not a, it's not a bad thing, but it's just a product of like how the league goes. So uh, unfortunately I'd say probably not. No. Yeah. I just don't see it happening, but uh Appreciate all your questions this morning. Hopefully we get a Chiefs win on Saturday night and they survive in advance to the next round of the AFC playoffs. You can follow Pete on Twitter at PG Suite. I'm Steven Sturz, where you can find me. Make sure you stay locked into arrowheadpride.com for all the news uh, ahead of Saturday night and everything you need to know ahead of this huge matchup between the Chiefs and Dolphins. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, I've got a fresh episode of Kingdom Keys coming your way this afternoon, dropping it a little bit early this week to make sure you get in all of your preparation uh, ahead of Saturday night's wild card matchup. We'll talk to you guys. And warmers. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.